half man, half amazing, half amazing, half amazing, half amazing, half amazing. Listening to Half Man, Half Amazing, the podcast. I can't believe we actually just did that after yeah, agreeing man. to not doing that. Fuck it's amazing. Yeah. Man, we traded that shit back and forth like it was back in the day. Like we were Styles P and Jadakus. Uh, that I was thinking further back than oh, that, man. but whatever. That's the era I'm from, Solcon. That's like, the theme of today. Like, here's a little story that must be told. Hey. About a rapper that's getting kind of old. And a publicist. And a publicist. This is Dharmic X. Soulcon. And as you know, yeah, if you've been listening, we talk a lot. Fat fucking chance. (laughs) We talk a lot. To all our first time listeners, what up? To the to the second time listener, hi hi Dave. Turn your phone off, man. That ain't a phone. That was my chime. Why you have chimes on? I just keep chimes for meditative purposes. It centers me. But yeah, um, I think people should know that we spend about an hour before actually recording the episode talking, and then we spend an hour after the episode just talking. Just gabbing. Just gabbing. Basically, we can only meet once a week ever uh, in life, because each time we meet, it's for four hours. And all four of those hours were spent talking. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. But yeah, so episode one was this past week. Much And pretty. we were supposed to talk about Frank Ocean, and we, we talked about Frank Ocean a little bit. And then we ended up talking about degenerates in music and whether or not we can actually listen to them because, in Sol Khan's opinion, artists are role models. Maybe that's putting words in your mouth, but artists are role models. And I ain't a role model, but I role models. Say word. Say word. Um, And so, basically, Sol Khan is of the opinion that if you make music and you do some sexual deviant shit... It's lights out on your music career in his eyes. And for me, I Believe I Can Fly is still my go-to karaoke song. Well, all right. It's kind of lame that you have a go-to karaoke song. Everybody should have a go-to that, karaoke excuse song. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. I'm trying to be a functioning adult and Yo. human being and have things Yo. like karaoke that I go to, even though I haven't gone in four months. A functioning adult? What are you, a... a Fucking cubicle rat from the 1990s. The karaoke ain't that fucking like. It's lit. Fly, man. It is it. It is lit. Is it? It is lit. Really? Yes. Okay. Regardless, what karaoke are you going to that is that quote unquote lit? <laughs> With my homies, just going, you know. Wait, no, but where is this? K Town. Because I'm showing up there. K K Town. Well, no. no, 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 no. So I don't do like. Public karaoke displays. No, you do the do room. You yeah, go into the room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, they're, they're, yeah. <laughs> that didn't sound weird, but well, yes. no, they're, they're rooms. They're like, sorry, they're yeah, like yeah. private rooms. Yeah. If you've never been to a karaoke bar, uh, well, actually, you know what? If you are not in New York yeah, yeah. or LA or some other city where there's like, uh, you know, a Koreatown or a little Tokyo or, you know, any other cultural community where there is like legit karaoke, you may just think of. Some fucking jag off bar where you know uh, Phil from 
human resources is fucking like <laughs> stuttering over a horse with no name like that that may be <laughs> your, your def- idea yeah but yeah korea koreatown karaoke is is not bad my man not mad it, not bad it, no it's it's great no it's great uh you know for people who who don't create on their own i would say oh, if you're a creative which is a noun it is it's a, it's an it's a real noun it's also a hashtag creative uh, that's sickening. Uh, but if I feel like I don't enjoy karaoke as much from an art standpoint or performance standpoint because I – and that, this isn't like me being like, because I'm a real artist and I don't like, you know, pretending to be – it's not that. It's that I already fucking drive myself up the fucking wall trying to do what I do with my own shit well basically or properly, for- and I hate it, you know, because it's not exactly how I want it. Why spend some extra time pretending to be, uh, you know, Cat Stevens? <laughs> Basically, for me, it's letting loose. And for you, yeah. it's just more of what you do as, like, a regular career thing. Yeah. So, I feel that. I feel that. But we, I brought up karaoke and R. Kelly, mainly because we were talking about people who are degenerates and how to view their Well, it's not called degenerates. That makes Criminals? Sound, uh well, in his case, sexual assailant, right? Sure, yes. Okay. In his case, sexual assailant. Yeah. Um, absolute scumbags filth of the earth. Um, and, and whether or not you can judge the art that they create based on their own misdeeds. And, and something that came up recently, well, obviously, after we recorded that, Chris Brown went and allegedly uh, allegedly stuck up some woman in his house by gunpoint, yeah. um, which was insane. And that whole day's worth of coverage was insane. But anyways, um, more importantly, something— How do you—yo, ha- does that guy have security? He must. Yeah, like a security camera, an alarm system. I really think, based on how many people infiltrate Chris Brown's home— he just he lives in like a sort of like a, a conceptual open space. <laughs> if that was like the, case, the most open concept home, like he he has like he actually has a ceiling, a floor, no walls. <laughs> but fam, if that somehow. was the case, why did the cops take fucking all day to arrest him? They're like, oh, we don't even know how to approach this. What if there are lasers? We don't know. This is some sort of high tech thing that's only permeable to crazy people and stalker fans who are gonna get naked and cook in his house or whatever. Like that, if I were that rich and lived in a in a you know fancy home, I would treat that shit like like Ethan Hawke's house in The Purge. <laughs> that shit would fucking have all of the the panic rooms and the sliding metal bulletproof doors. If I got mine, I'ma keep mine, and there's no reason to leave it up to chance or the whims. Of a crazy person who's gonna like write my song lyrics in Dookie or whatever that lady did <laughs> to him. That's not a. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you have your life be that tumultuous? Hey man, I know he's got trying to figure here. out reasons for why Chris Brown does things is inexplicable. Like why would you throw out a duffel bag with guns and drugs to police asking to get arrested? But hey, I don't know. That's just alleged. Regardless, it's more hubris. importantly, partly is hubris. I mean, there's more emotional disturbance and hubris combined. <laughs> Insanity. Yeah. Well, yeah. more importantly, though, when it comes to artists and creatives, um, you know putting together the, these beautiful works of art uh-huh. while also simultaneously having this history of sexual uh, 
of being a sexual assailant, we have... Or any other manner of very grave, um, you know, offender. Right. We have... Bad shit. Nate Parker and his film, Birth of a Nation, right? Yep. And it's a critical darling right now. It's going through the rounds. It's about to really hit theater. Has it hit theaters yet nationwide? No, it's it's coming though. It's coming um, this fall, I believe. I think it's coming in October. I could be wrong. I could look on the internet, but We're not I'm not like that. these other millennials who just like are glued to their fucking phone and and Starbucks or whatever. You're just OCD and we'll probably look it up in five minutes. But anyways, yeah, I'll pretend I need to take a shit and then I'll look it up. That's what I do at home with my wife. But regardless, make it sound like I just like I take a shit on my wife. That's not what I do. <laughs> Nate Parker has now come into scrutiny over his uh, past. Yes, and it brings up a good question of how do we grapple with that in the light of the film? And people are really struggling with it. I think one of the actresses in the movie Gabrielle Union yep. um, penned a letter that's supposed to be coming out this weekend, and we've received bits and pieces of it where you know she cannot look at the film in the context of the film the same and then look at nate parker the same so so, i mean you know for me it's interesting um does what nate parker did impact how you should look at birth of a nation i i don't think so in my opinion well that's the movie is the movie the story is the story it's an important story that needs to be told it's uh it yeah. is a past that this country needs to grapple with and it and you know from all accounts from film festivals it has been done really well yeah no and that's that's always a challenging question like do you you know with something like that when a, a, a work of art itself may have a problem with it uh, but is otherwise great or the person who made it is you know you know fucked up in a way that has nothing to do with their art you know what what are you, what are your options do you just like say nope this shit is out the box we're not going to fuck with this at all we just have to wait until the next thing that does this but isn't as complicated by this person uh, comes along like that's tough that's tough to do I get like on a practical level I get why it'd be it, it's not just an option to be like oh we'll wait for the next Matt Turner movie <laughs> like how many like, Matt Turner movies exactly. will no, no, ever be exactly. made yeah no exactly if, you, if he's, he's doing the groundbreaking thing but he himself odds are seems to have been a rapist that's a tough that's a tough sell it's it's I and again I think off off air in a very magical space that Darmic and I dwell in. Um, there are velvet couches and great conversation. And we were talking about how... Um, the fact that, you know, at the, at the end of the day... Sorry, I've got w- no sleep, by the way, my bad. He, he was acquitted. Um, yes, he was acquitted. But the evidence that's coming out and the circumstances and the context surrounding all that seem to indicate that he... he probably did something in the realm of sexual assault i'm not trying to like hedge it or anything i'm not trying to like diminish it. i'm just saying uh but also uh, oh this is what i was going to say neither neither dharmic nor i contrary to you know what you may think are black neither of us so we're in a different space in terms of making this sort of choice as a as an audience member uh because because the movie doesn't affect us the same way um, especially I as a white person, that really, you know, I, I'm not going to dictate to someone like, uh, you know what, this man's 
wrongs just should override and make you a black person not support this shit. I can't say that. That's ter- you know, because I can't re- like it's not made. Ju- you know, it, it. I mean, it's made for everybody. It's made for you know everyone should. Aside from this issue, see this movie. It seems. B- will you go to watch this movie now that you know that the maker <sighs> of the film is a sexual assailant? My bootleg it like Suicide Squad. Nah, I'm playing. I wouldn't do that. That's that'd be very tasteless. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do. What I'm gonna do probably matters a lot less. I'm not gonna go tell other people because I think it's a very complex choice to make. Um, I, I can't. I can't call it yet. You know, it's 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 rare that something of this important, you know, because we were talking about other shit like it doesn't who gives a fuck if you can't listen to deuces anymore or you can't fucking listen or you can't watch, um, you know, uh, fucking Rosemary's Baby. It's not that big of a deal. Right. At the end of the day. Right. This is, a you know, that, that the problem here is Nate Parker's movie is fucking important. Yes. It serves a very big purpose of telling a story that is just not in the American popular consciousness. Mm-hmm. And we're really risking the fucking Matthew McConaughey white savior story uh, that's coming out in tandem with this uh, being sort of like the that movie of that period uh, that people are going to talk about. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It you know, you know, it seems like a good movie is a true story. You know, it's based you know it's based on a true story. What movie uh, are you referring to? What the fuck is it called? It's basically about a, a Confederate defector um, who. St- uh, resists um, the forces of slavery and racism and basically tries to set up his like own like sort of like uh, resistance inside. Uh, he saved the people. Well, no, I mean, it's in tandem. He's like the one. I mean, it it, it doesn't. It, it is a good story. It's it an important story. story. It doesn't, you know, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't tell. But, you know, like if they're faithful to the history of it, it certainly has a lot of redeeming qualities. But like Birth of a Nation arguably is you know based on the subject matter and how long overdue it is yeah and how apparently great the movie is yeah fuck that's a that's a big thing to take a pass on yeah 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 when's the next the next birth of a nation it coming along and i think something we've talked about is you know the fact that this movie does deal with issues of rape and rape in the context of race and you know the history that this yeah. country has yeah. with with rape, which I think is extremely important and very difficult to deal with because it's way more nuanced than the 140 characters of Twitter allows you to get into, which is everybody's popular way of discussing issues of sexual and domestic violence right now. Don't forget about medium. Don't forget about. But oh. was that your Siri? That was my Siri. Man. Interesting. Technical difficulties over here. Don't silence her. I mean, I silenced the entire phone. Oh, okay. Well. Apparently, I didn't silence Siri. Shut up, Siri. Anyways. um, I think you need to treat women better. (sighs) Got me. My man. Sorry about that. Sorry, Siri. I'm sorry. It's 2016. Does this mean you wouldn't listen to my podcast? Now that I said, now that I told Siri to shut up? I I would be joining the many other people who don't listen to the podcast, so it wouldn't be that hard, would it? Shitting on myself. Going back to um, Nate Parker, Birth of a Nation, uh, and the the you were talking about how how social social justice issues are communicated in a forum that tends to narrow and dilute them 
and like lim- and like narr- yeah. Essentially, by saying that, I'm saying that this movie addresses the issue of sexual violence yeah. in the context yeah. of race and in the context of history. Yeah. And you know, we were talking about the fact that here is Nate Parker, a, a black man who is now adding his own personal narrative into the film. And does that take away from the film or well, does that kinda, add to the he's film? Not, I mean, I'm sure he didn't want it added. It's getting added for him and as it should be. You know, should it be? I don't think you can, you can't just, I, we, we talk about this, you can't, I don't think you could ever step out of history as even ongoing history. You can't just stay, uh, you know, neutrality zone, you know, freeze tag safety, you know, I can, I don't, I'm, I'm context isn't going to matter. You know, it, it does, it always matters, unfortunately, in some cases, and fortunately in others. Uh, it's a shame that this is going to cast a pall over this movie. But it'd be really dishonest and immoral to just sort of whistle by and act like, oh, well, the the movie just is the movie. And, and you know, Nate Parker might not do anything again after this because of, of the controversy. Maybe studios won't think it's worth it. Um, probably not. I think he'll still go on to do other things. Um, and, and it, you know. But it's like, I, I don't know, it's, it's fucked up. What does Nate Parker's rape accusations add to the context of the movie? Like, what do you take away from that? That one can engage critically with the, the you know, deeply awful current of sexual assault on women that has basically like extended far back you know through human history but it was especially a a potent means of of breaking down and humiliating and humiliating and and diminishing and just you know taking away the dignity and 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 wholeness from black women and but what happened 20 years ago also matters you know and and it's he's i don't you know if he's if his response is going to be this is something that happened in the past and i've been found innocent of it he's not going to then be able to add anything to the dialogue about it he's not he's 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 said it's already settled yeah and it's going to be audience members role to to sort that out uh i hope that it's not used to delegitimize the movie. That's one thing. It's very scary because even if I, I've even you know if, if someone feels uncomfortable supporting it because of him, it. I hope what it doesn't do is you know like somehow make people think that the content is less valid and that the story is less resonant or less morally. Well, important. people are offended that he's the one telling the story. Yeah, and that's always that's a tough one. That's a tough one to to, to deal with. But what, what if do you he wait? was the until... one to tell the story? Yeah, I mean, like, do you, do you wait until someone else just tells it again? How many years do you wait, or a similar story of a, of a, of like equal historical import? Like that's really t- that's the challenge, you know? Do you do you you know uh, does if this if X or Y candidate says the wrong fucked up thing during uh, an election? Do you not support them even if all their other shit is on point and just wait for the next person who says the things right? And Shout does... out Joe Biden. Yeah, well, 
Uh, I hate Joe Biden. Same. Uh, man, he's a, okay. Anyway, um, but yeah, I, that that's tough. That's really tough. On a, you know, when it comes to things of of moral significance and like and like his, you know, this is like a fucking historically impacting film potentially. It could change people's outlooks, broaden their perspective on the country they fucking live in, and. That's that's a different question than are you gonna watch uh what's it called? What's the fucking uh Midnight in Paris? You're talking to a guy who doesn't watch movies. Okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't know. Where, where were yeah. you going with that? It's like the you know, it's it's easy to make this I think you're right. It's easier to make these or maybe I I don't know if if, if you said this before I did or if I said it and I'm just columbusing it. But uh it's a bigger deal and it's a more complicated question when the shit really matters. The content that you're talking about, you know, and the, from a creator that has done uh, some fucked up shit outside of their their art form. You, you know, it's 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 easy to say I don't give a shit about I believe I could fly. Yeah. Your def- your go-to karaoke song. Yeah. Ugh. Because it because it yeah no I, I I agree it's interesting because Birth of a Nation brings up as we said uh, the issue of sexual violence and race and the intersection yeah. of the two and it's it's something Can you that trust him as the story like like is he a valid storyteller now, as far now, as that goes and, and I I don't know if there's a conclusion to be made on that but I think the interesting thing about it is that this history of race and and sexual violence is forgotten so easily particularly in this wave of you know uh white new age, genocide or, or, or white <laughs> white feminism no. um which comes courtesy of people like Lena Dunham and yes yesterday um, she has started to receive quite a bit of backlash, actually, which I was very happy clap about. Back. Clap yes, back. Clap back, Clap back, yes. Um, when she, uh, I don't know what it was. It was like some interview with her friend, Amy Schumer. Can I read that Sure, shit? sure, that go ahead. That shit is off the chain. Not all of it, because it's long and yeah. really annoying. Yeah, and I gotta read the whole fucking thing. That's stupid. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, I, listen, I am millennial enough to read the headline and the boldface parts. So... <laughs> Um, they were at the Met Ball Ooh, at one point, and fancy. they were talking about the Met Ball. Uh, Lena Dunham said, just like sort of like talking about how she and Amy Schumer were doing kooky things. Um, and Amy Schumer said, I left so early. When did you leave? Lena Dunham says, I attempted to grind my ass on Michael B. Jordan for an additional 20 minutes and then left right after you. And then she says, Lena Dunham continues, I was sitting next to Odell Beckham Jr., and it was so amazing because it was like he looked at me and he determined I was not the shape of a woman by his standards. He was like, that's a marshmallow. That's a child. That's a dog. It wasn't mean. He just seemed confused. The vibe was very much like, do I want to fuck it? Is it wearing a, yep, it's wearing a tuxedo. I'm going to go back to my cell phone. It was like we were forced to be together, and he literally was scrolling Instagram rather than have to look at a woman in a bow tie. I was like, this should be called the Metropolitan Museum of Getting Rejected by Athletes. Holy fuck. And that whole fucking catastrophe of projection and delusion. And I'm not saying that, you know, Lena Dunham, like all women, aren't dealing with layers and layers of fucking 
body shaming and Objective. fucking judgment and, and, and objectification and mm-hmm. all sorts of fucked up misogyny. But Jesus fucking Christ, the dude doesn't fucking know you. Yeah. Why is he going to talk to you? If he's seen your show, I bet he's really not going to talk to you. At the same time, you're at a party with a gazillion other yeah, people. Yeah, it's the fucking big... Maybe he's maybe he's talking to someone who's more important than you are. Or he's on Instagram. Who gives a shit? Or he, he was forced to be there. I don't think... Also, like, it's funny. There's several layers to which he is just fucking oblivious about this shit. And it's like an ongoing theme. It notoriously, if if y'all know me and you know how much that show fucking bothers me, the pinnacle of it for me, living in New York, is when... Her fucking oblivious ass wakes up on an F train at Coney Island and is like, where am I? And it's like, it's the only fucking place with a beach and a Ferris wheel. Where the fuck else do you think it is? Sorry, it's, it's a, side, a side note, but it's just Shots driving me crazy. Shots fired at the show it's that we're not even going to name. Dumb as fuck. That show, uh, like, it was cool for a minute and then it just like, I mean, it had its problems. It just sucks though. Anyway, back off, you know, off of that. So she misses the following. When, <laughs> at a time... When another, uh, you know, another uh, black uh, athlete, you know, uh, is currently catching heat that only probably, you know, to the degree that he is, a a black figure would catch Mm -hmm. for his display of political protest, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's such a clear, stark relief that, you know, this 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 unequal burden on black people and black celebrities and, and their expectations that they have to live up to and black men in, in positions of prominence that she made this fucking meaningless interaction. It wasn't an interaction. It was her in her head, basically. You know, she basically shit on this dude and, like, made it seem like he, like didn't show her like he was disrespectful to her or like didn't show her attention that was beyond that and also she like and also for fuck's sake black men used to get fucking lynched for like looking at white women in america and now if you went didn't she like go to oberlin or some shit like like you went to college and and like me i believe you're of the tribe and we're ostensibly educated people like open a fucking book and see the fact and i don't care if this sounds patronizing when you're this famous and prominent, you don't get the license. I mean, her, not me. You don't get the license to say this dumb shit and this really reckless shit and this really unconscionable, stupid shit. You know, you you can't then flip it in this, like, really, like, fucked up way, this unfair standard that now he's supposed to pay attention to you. Like, it, do you not get the context? I mean, fuck it. There are still today black men uh, who are you know, under the threat of violence for engaging with white women on a on a the most basic harmless level, you know, where interracial couple interracial couples, you know, are are under the threat of violence. Where fucking anti miscegenation laws are just came off the books in our lifetime. Yeah, for fuck's sake, keep, fucking give it a rest. Pick your fucking battles. Like, think for a second before you just shit out your mouth. I mean, she's accusing him of some. Potentially serious things. She's accusing yeah. him of being sexist, of being sexist and body shaming and fucking you know you know sizeist and going and, as far as to pretend that he's not even human. Yeah, that he's an animal in his lust for the human body. Yeah, exactly. She's describing fucking like dog-like instincts. Yes, 
which is gross, which is fucking gross. And also plays into some serious racial stereotypes that this country has experienced yeah. as recently as 50 years ago. And now, it's not, it's the shit's still ongoing. Yeah. It's the people, you know what, and it's like, it's like, I'm so glad, I'm so, it's so awesome if you get to live in like a blissful state of, in a sheltered state where you never observe these prejudices manifest in real life in, in their, to their worst degrees, but not everyone gets that. And especially the people who are directly subject to those prejudices, you know, you, it'd be one thing if she, if, if she weren't famous and prominent and influential, Mm -hmm. you know, but this is a person who's on the fucking campaign trail for the future president of the United States. Yeah. For fuck's sake, learn about the United States. I don't, you know, and I don't care if that sounds harsh or if it sounds condescending. It's not mansplaining. It's don't be fucking dumb as fuck splaining. That's what it is. Yeah. Be a fucking attentive, conscientious, fucking knowledgeable person who puts into action the slightest bit of of awareness of what other people go through besides yourself. Because at the end of the day, sexism is very real. And yeah. very important, and is violent too. Yes, and and just it, as violent. It needs to be addressed, but we can't forget the racial history yeah. of this country in trying to stand up for another group of disenfranchised people, especially when that racial history has been so oppressive that at this point, Georgetown is like letting Im- the victims of their slavery sale get reduced admission, but at the same time are naming the building uh, after one of the slaves as just the guy's first name, forgetting that the guy is a human being yeah. like the people making the decision and forgetting that the man has a last fucking name so you know if that is still what we are dealing with in this country then you need to be very careful in going with your women empowerment theme to to you know not forget about the racial history of a white woman accusing a black man of rape and the whether or not it happened and the consequences of that yeah get you a discourse that can do both yeah straight up you can do we can talk about both these things at the same time but holy shit. And, and then, you know, she flipped it saying, like, I I thought it was, like, basically she thought, like, it was pretty evident that she was just talking about her own insecurities or whatever. And, like, you know what? That's super real. And that is incredibly, uh, you know, vulnerable. And, I, 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 you know, our hearts go out to you clearly. And it's not fair that you should feel that is, is how people view you. You know, like, it, as, as not sufficiently womanly or sexy because you wear a tuxedo that's you know wear what you want where you know the tank you know uh, you know that clearly there's we're we're on the side of of feminism in every way that i'm i'm not on the side as as of saying dumb shit without regard for the impact of it and the context of it that's the pro like people you know the outrage machine might be excessive when it like fucking picks on someone who works at fucking Applebee's, but it's not excessive when it picks on the person. And pick on isn't isn't a fair way because it's a justifiable. It's not bullying. Yeah, this is not bullying. It's not bullying. You know, this is when a- it, when it responds to someone who is influential on an international level. Mm-hmm. I don't think I. You know, and it's 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 you know maybe. 
that's a sign of like of humility that maybe they're not conscious of how impactful they are but you kind of don't at the get same you, time, you need to you, be you have to know you at have the to same, know at the same time she's making that statement she's doing she's yeah. publishing a text interview with her friend because she knows she has that impact her on the world her friend who is also internationally famous right and she, she knows what she's doing <laughs> when amazing. she makes that's the thing that's scary about it she knows what she's doing she knows she's a public figure she knows she's um, yeah. entitled enough or influential enough to campaign on the campaign trail and her voice means something yeah. she knows her voice means something yeah. and to when you know that your and voice means something and it, should. and it should because she's as famous as she is but when you know your voice means something to a lot of people you need to be very careful about how you use that voice especially when you're talking about issues that are that sensitive yeah. and she failed at that and it deserves all of the reaction that yeah. she's been getting and I, sometimes it scares me with social media when you know people like her do things like this where they play that card without looking at the full spectrum and sometimes it can become difficult to go after somebody like her because the response is you're going after a, a woman you know like you're wrong for doing that in this case that's not true at all it's not because of her stance her pro-feminist stance which is important it's because of the stance that she's taking of objectifying a black man yeah. which is completely wrong and f you know I clearly you know, this, this I don't want to, you know, it, it, we don't want to get too deep into this, but this is sort of a, a larger lens, uh, you know, to view things like politics right now. The, we, we need to not be in a situation where criticizing Lena Dunham for, being, for saying some shit that's racially oblivious uh, is sexist or insensitive to her. We need to be in a space where criticizing our future president for policies that are probably going to kill thousands of people as being sexist or like we're giving we're uh, you know unnecessarily hard on her you know even though we're being exactly the same toward her as who would any other politician but anyway uh you know there's this tendency within the sort of like progressive socially aware left world where you know we some some of us insulate ourselves against criticism by transposing uh you know bigoted or reactionary people's views onto the people on our side when they're not saying that shit yeah you know yeah you know so that that's very dangerous and you gotta be you have to you have to be willing to just even if your intent was not bad because that's what she's saying she's saying her intent wasn't bad it was about her own insecurities it doesn't matter what your intent is. I say this as someone who said the worst fucking vile shit back when I was a battle rapper. Terrible things. I didn't mean any of it. I don't mean one word. Not a not a fucking syllable of it in terms of, you know, the slurs I used and uh, the, the, you know, homophobic or sexist or, uh, you know, racially insensitive. Any, any ism that I ran afoul of, I didn't mean it, but it doesn't matter because... Not everybody is going to interpret that the same way. And as soon as you make that big adult step, recognizing that your intent does not matter as much as the, the what the effect is when you're like, uh, just in the world, just yeah. in the world. Honestly, it doesn't matter if you're famous or not. You just your intent will never negate the 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 harms of what you do if they're harmful. If there are yeah. harms, the, the intent doesn't do shit. It it maybe it gives someone a a better idea of how to approach you and engage you. That's it. 
That's it. It get it basically the fact when I back in the day when I I said back in the day this shit was only like eight years ago, but like if I was dropping the other way worse f bomb in a rap battle, you know at least someone could knowingly engage me, knowing if they knew that that wasn't reflection of my social values, they could say, oh well, he doesn't mean it that way. So at least if I do want to criticize him for it, he will be receptive. You know, and that that cool, great, whatever that's fucking worth. But it didn't change that I said it. Yeah. You know, and I think anyone, if if I were as famous as Lena Dunham, man, I would talk a lot fucking less just out of out of prudence because you, ha- you have to be so mindful of what the fuck you say as a famous person. Agreed. 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 And social media is a very powerful mechanism to get those thoughts out there. And, yeah. you know, sometimes I feel like social media can become too much in terms of just people. Um, Don't think about it too much people saying things without thinking about it too much, as you said, and because it's so easy to do and so quick. But yeah. social Fire me- off them tweets. Fire them off. They, they, don't say, they don't say deliberately engineer those tweets. They say fire off. You know, it's, 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 it's an impulsive fucking medium. It is. If you think a four-minute song can get disappeared into the ether in two, in two weeks. That shit, they burn the, slow. The tweets, they're in, in one, in your eyes, out your eyes. Well, if you pin two it. two seconds. Because people definitely look directly at your you your like your timeline, that never fucking happens. By the way, exactly. do not uh, first time viewers. But Twitter has been an interesting place in relation to the space that we live in, which is called the hip hop world, yes, the rap world, the culture, the culture, yes. And it's been interesting, particularly in the the schism, the battle between the old and the new. And it's yes. a great topic for us to to talk about because um I'm young and you Yeah, 17. Are, yes, 17, 38. Uh, yeah. Oh no, no. I'm 17, you're 38. What? I'm not 38. <laughs> I'm not 17 either. We're a lot closer. But I got age. that 38. Hey, Vox. I don't have a 38. I don't have a gun. Hopefully you don't. It's you're in New York City. Don't get a gun. It's dumb as fuck. Unless, you, unless the police are too far away, then buy all the guns. <laughs> uh, Regardless, yeah. um, this week Twitter got into an uproar yes. over the rapper named Lil Yachty. Yes, and his um, inability. Not, you know what's ironic? Oh yeah, keep going. Sorry, his inability that. to name five songs from the legendary Notorious B.I.G. and the late great Tupac Shakur mm-hmm. and you know people obviously got riled up about that but what, what were you saying was funny I think it's funny that when that story broke my first thought was and it's not to shit on the dude like I can't think of one Lil Yachty song <laughs> like I don't and that's not to shit on the dude but I think it's illust- it illustrates we were talking about this you know in the VIP off air lounge that you know as long as you phrase it the way that you know it's honest like I just don't know this shit because I am young and it was older, and not everyone treats music like a research project um, or a genealogical exercise. Sometimes you just listen to what is out now, and that's fine. That's historically what a lot of people did, um, especially pre-fucking internet, where you'd have to physically find all that old shit. Like, that is... Could you imagine that? Amassing a, a fucking dank music library in 1975. Going back four decades, like I mean, we can do that. We can go back to the beginning of recorded music. Now, 
And back then, you it would legit be like a life project to do that. It would be a, it could be its own, you know, uh, Bravo series. Digging. Yeah, digging in the crates. But Lil Yachty don't know about that. No, and and does he need to? Doesn't need like as a as a matter of of necessity. As a matter Real of his necessity? career. Career? Hell no! Of course he doesn't. He's already got a career. Exactly. Yeah. Does he need to know about the past? See, here's the thing. This is sort of also falls into that division between what would be good and what's actually necessary. I mean, this is a very different context. We're talking about, like, it's easy to stop listening to problematic artists when they make stupid music that's not important or makes art that doesn't fucking matter. But, you know... <laughs> In this case, none of it really matters. Like it, it's not. There's nothing here that like really compels someone to know shit about what came before them. That's just really a romanticization of the shit, I think. And this, we may actually agree in the, on this more. I think it, as an artist, I think it's good to listen to things that came before you. I, I have my opinions on what someone should do, not on what they need to do, because I don't think people need to do shit when it comes to music, other than try to make it good and try to make it responsible within reason. And, you know, I think that um, at the end of the day, his music and his influences or his, um, you know, inability to, to, to look into the past is reflective of the fan base. What's this has. dude sound like? I'm not even, and that sounds so shit. You've, never, you've never heard Broccoli? No. The, that's the song with Drum where he, uh, he's on it. Oh. In the middle of the party, must be enough for me. Broccoli. Okay, okay. No. Well, we've really got to a great place, haven't we? Uh, <laughs> that's well. It's I don't. Catchy. I like it. Yeah, cool. I mean, shout out to my boy so, Guy Trump. So syphilis. What are you gonna do? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's fucking. God damn. I don't know. I, no, I'm not mocking that. I, catchy is not a virtue to me, but that's just because I'm a fucking crusty, curmudgeonly. Waldorf and Stadler ass fucking piece of shit. But so, so let's back up a little bit. Nah, do let's you, keep going forward, man. Let's do you think talking. that when when Lil Yachty answers a question by Billboard and and he's talking about the unconventional way he's gone about his career and he says that he can't name five Tupac or Biggie songs, should he be doing that? I don't know. I well, in terms of you know, he's not trying to game the respect and acclaim from people my age necessarily it probably wouldn't hurt but to just get more exposure and, and money but it's it's dumb. I mean I don't know I, I, talk, yeah. I'm, a, I'm at odds with myself on this because there's you know a deep strain of hip hop purism in my blood and I it, courses it, through your veins and decreasingly so though there is, as far as it influences my choices and view of things I can't really bring myself to judge this kid you know how I would have maybe five years ago ten years ago would have I would have been a real hard ass about it because you you make better art for knowing what came before honestly I think you do I'm not saying you should emulate that art per se but it's good to see what's been done and you get a different take on on what you could do yourself or you might enrich it with things that are referential to and, and allusions to past art I think that's fine. I think that's good. I think the be a lot of the best art is 
just rehashes, glorified rehashes, artful of- ones, but still, they art is stealing. I think that's even true in the uh, the biggest records of the day. Yeah. Whether it's oh, the yeah. Jeremiah Rhythm is a Dancer flip or, exactly. yeah. you know, the, the Tory Lanez, the Tantra Metro song Love that's, you know, currently up the top of the charts as well. And, yeah. you know, all, all of these guys, for sure. I feel that um, even sampling at the end of the day comes sampling from referential. Sampling is the greatest yes. theft of my, of my life. So that, of the century. that said, though, you know, maybe... It would be good, in your opinion, if, if Yachty uh, were, to, were to go back to the past. I mean, for me, it doesn't, at the end of the day. If you could time travel, that'd be really cool. <laughs> if you could hop in a, in, a, in a time yacht or whatever and, like, oh, sail, sail to the past <laughs> that'd and be wash ashore in 1994, <laughs> that'd be really dope. That, I mean, there you got, l- listen, straight up, that, that, man, I feel really sad now just like shitting on my old purist self but it's not like the shit that I love now and then are affected by it that's the thing you have to be able to do both you know you can love the old shit and not care if anyone loves it too You, it's like it says more about your security with what you do so when like people say like you need to know Biggie and Tupac it's like no you need someone to validate you knowing Biggie and Tupac that's what that's about it's about you feeling relevant and not old and that's not a good reason that's not noble that's not that's not altruistic and, 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 and generative for art that's what that's the thing that's where when people judge people like that like oh you don't fuck with this you don't know this you're not hip-hop you know it's like well why would you say that at, at the same time shouldn't a 19 year old know then here's my no, thing no no no. so here so and this is what i've had several debates about this because you know initially I, I was kind of in the same same world that you were in where you must be having a lot of sex man no i'm fucking with you <laughs> but you you're in the, i was in the same world that you were in where like you know okay let him do his thing he doesn't know this he doesn't was know it, that was that's it fine. terry pratchett's but, disc world but sorry um <laughs> i just gotta i gotta pull you back in yeah, gotta pull me. you back yeah, in yeah. but anyways you know i think somebody brought up the fact that Tupac and Biggie are so ubiquitous right now in our culture to this day that Dear Mama, for example, is a song that plays every year around Mother's Day. And California Love still shows up in movie soundtracks. And um, Big Papa and Juicy are still... Hypnotized. Hypnotized are still the the biggest songs that get played. I don't know about Dead Wrong. But that came out posthumously. Sure, it's still big. big. Changes is another posthumous record. Thug's Mansion. I don't know about Thug's Mansion, but like... Well, no, I'm just saying he's out there. You know, Changes. Changes, everybody knows Changes. changes And Yachty does know Changes. But, that, but he doesn't know five songs by them. Oh. You can name a couple, probably, right? Is that the idea? That like was the idea. Name, he can name the things that came out when he was a child and, cognizant of music. And the way he said it was, I know the the song with, like, he quoted certain lyrics. Like, I know that song, and I know, like, another song. Like, but I wonder it. what he, I, I gotta wonder if, was there any follow-up, and I'm sure there wasn't, because m- motherfuckers don't follow up with shit. And they forgot about Dre. And they forgot motherfuckers forgot about Dre. Anyways. Ceaselessly. Anyway, anyways. I'm going to keep going on these tangents. Anyways. Until you atrophy in your chair and you're like creaking back and forth. You're a skeleton with that t-shirt on. Sorry. My bad. Long-winded, man. Um, so why didn't they ask Lil Yachty after he said, I can't name five songs. I know this, the one with this lyric and this lyric. Why didn't they ask him, do you know song titles anymore? 
I j- those are questions. Those are fundamental questions because sometimes I don't even fucking know song titles anymore of new projects that come out because I'm just listening to them yeah. as a whole and maybe not as much as I used to and not as deeply. And not, like Unless I truly fucking love it. I sometimes don't even learn the song titles for projects. At the same time, you know, I, I get that's an interesting debate in and of itself. How would you advise Lil Yachty if you were like in his corner in terms of answering that type of question? Would you be because we were talking about this off air and I think your response yeah. was a little bit different than than it has been so far. First step, obviously, is to option the the rights to his movie Time Yacht. Beyond that, I would say just like be honest be true to yourself which it seems like he was but, yeah. I, but even I, I feel it's it sucks because there's this burden on him and any artist or especially young artists uh to validate themselves and be off and you know show that they're real artists maybe say something along the lines of you know i i recognize the I, who knows he may have said some of this shit and they just took it out scooped it out which is not that's i hope that wasn't the case mm-hmm. because that's irresponsible and that's actually something that journalists should not do is extract things from context if it could potentially and it's tough really to know it's, it's tough to know what it's happened no but yeah yeah uh but if if he didn't say say something along the lines of listen i'm young this came out a long time ago it wasn't something that just was like around me you know and so i didn't absorb that and i'm really you know if if i you know if someone wants to school me i'm open to it if we got time in the right right place, but you know, can't apologize for being a young person. You know, it just as just as you shouldn't feel. You know, and that's the thing that's frustrating. Like, you know, I know it's it, hell. I definitely know firsthand. It's really it's really tough to feel like there's not a space for you as a as a listener. You know, in in music and and music coverage and the radio and because. You know, music is very important, and you want to feel like what you like is important, and you can't get that when everyone is young and has no connection to the shit that you think is important. That feels invalidating, and it makes you feel insecure and like a relic, and so you you get fucking defensive and say shit like, oh, well, you should know this because you got to know your history, and it's like, uh, do you have to like? Is there a fucking like functionally necessary reason for it? No, you're well, thinking, no, you're thinking you're, of what you want. You're thinking of an of like a, I guess like a a cultural principle. No, not like even that. You're thinking you're thinking that like a, no, not even that though. You're thinking that if you if somebody did have that historical context in mind, maybe they would make music that would be more accessible to you. Yeah, and that's selfish. It's not for you in the first place. Get the fuck over it. Like you do. I think that's the thing. I I think it's it's people are very bad at not liking something and just keeping it moving. You got yeah. it. People, if you dislike something and spend more time than just saying I dislike it, you have d- d- jumped the shark on that. Get get over it. You, you're at that point. Beyond that, you're just trying to like get attention or like have everyone you know try to convert people so you don't feel like you're be- missing yeah. out and and that's childish get over it like that, I think, that, adults act like that it's a very that's what older adults are doing it, and yeah, that's the thing and that's corny. part of and that's part of why Lil Yachty is responding that way I think the way you were saying about saying that oh I'm young and this is what I know hold on and what, 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 I'm young and this is what I'm uh, you know 
uh, this is what I came up with and this is all I know would be the appropriate responsible way of uh, maybe addressing yeah. things about age and influence. However, Lil Yachty is responding to questions about age and yeah. influences under attack. He's yeah. getting attacked by people who don't like his music yeah. and his response that I don't know five Biggie or Tupac songs while flippant is a complete response to certain figures in our um, landscape who are going at him with, with voices and platforms that are going at him aggressively. And it's also, I mean, it's an, and again, it's another issue where I, I fully admit that as a white person, I can't, There, you know, there are different imperatives you know, that I don't necessarily, I don't feel because it's not directly my, it's not like my, it's not part of my, you it's know, not culture. Your culture. It's not my culture. It's not your culture. It's not my culture. It's, it's, not. it's like music I listen to, music I make, but it's not my culture. No. It's a black art form. Yes. And you kind of, you know, I, so I can't, then at the same time, un, unless it's like evidently universally ridiculous, I can't then criticize people who are criticizing him if their interest is is bound up in you know protecting preservation and protecting black culture like yeah I, i'm not gonna and respecting it you know showing and that's but that's, at, but at the same time that he is also a black artist yeah like he is evolving he is embodying that the, the he, art. he he in itself is a part of yeah. that culture no matter what music he makes in that within that space of hip-hop and he is Progr- uh, taking the culture and switching it into something else, and he is entitled to do that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. And it's, it, it's it, that's again, though, that's like the outside inside conversation. Yeah, and whether you know, yeah, clearly he embodies it because he's a black person making music. But are other black people going to feel? Another black artist going to feel like his orientation in that genre and his his like upbringing with it is. Authentic enough, or like, or rich enough, and 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 you know, steeped enough in you know, important music, and that's. But I don't think either person gets to decide what oh, is because yeah, well, yeah, culture yeah, is evolving. Yeah, culture yeah. is is the culmination of a collective experience, and well, I don't think there's one arbiter of culture. Oh yeah, we're not talking about. You no, know, no, I'm not. I'm not talking about something like a fucking hip hop. Council. I, I mean that just people's I opinion it. and treatment and how they'll talk about things. And yeah, that, that's it. I mean, that's at the end of the day. If if we want to get down to brass tacks and nuts and everything, you can't. None of this shit is can be can be compelled. It's all just your feelings about mm-hmm. it, and then how you talk about it, and maybe whether you choose to buy it or not, or or go to the concert or you know, showcase that artist in your platform. You know, that that's all it really it, it comes down to, but that's... And you, you know what it is for me. I think that, you know... It's just one person. He's one person. And, like, I know it's he's fa- he, you know, he's very famous and he's influential to kids. Well, he's one of many, one right? Of many, he's one yeah. of He's one of a few artists who represents this new school that makes older people a little upset and irritated. And it's interesting because yesterday I was at a show with every... I was, like, the third oldest person in the room. Everybody was under the age of 18. It was a 16-plus show. And, and, you know, these guys were mobbing out to Minnesota, which happens to be Lil Yachty's biggest song, FYI. And they were, you know, mobbing out to Lil Uzi Vert and, you know, future and and 
Thug and Travis and, and all these artists. And, you know, they may not know a single Gangstar record. They may not know who Gangstar is. And you know, at the end of the day, I did, yeah, they know. That, that's that's okay. Yeah, because no that is hip hop to them. Mobbing, like uh, mosh pitting and, you know, we know going, and that's fine. And we, we, we have a place in the we culture know. as well. And, and that's fine. And I think, but what I'm saying is that what I think it's 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 a youth music is ultimately youth driven and you know we can respect the elders we can have so that's, that's a but that's really from that's just based on the like the the history of music it is youth driven popular music of any music even hip hop was youth driven in its early days these guys are old now and are talking oh, yeah, about yeah, it yeah, as I old know, people I know, now I know, I know. but these guys were 16 it, and 17 year old when it, they made the music that's not to say you can't change that paradigm that's everything's everything's a everything's mutable i don't think i don't think it's that's gonna be that way we are from. we are changing it though we yeah, have yeah. the elder statesmen living in their lane yeah. and it's a large lane and they're able to still tour some of those guys are still able to tour and sell some tickets back, and make money you fucking run the jewels or not spring chickens right exactly so and they, they have a young fan base they do there is a place for the old for elder statesmen in this culture and they are still embodying that space but that, it may not be yeah. enough as some of the older people yeah. want but they're there these well, guys yeah, are there but like that it all comes down though to it it comes down to older folks insecurities yeah because you not, may not be there it's not it's, it's not enough it's not enough to justify the outrage it just isn't, or to compel someone to make a change in their listening habits. You know what? And furthermore, spend less time begrudging young people and get all of our shit together and, like, go to a show. If you, I don't see folks at the fucking shows. I know you have adult responsibilities. There were adults going to rap shows in the 90s and the aughts and the 80s. Like, that's, that's not a good, that's not true. There were people who were going out, staying out, waking up, you know, hung over the next day. I think it's just a product of the time. People just like have found every excuse to not sort of uh, vote with their wallet, so to speak, or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. and that's that's on on the the audience. That's on the market. That there's there is. Yeah. I do believe in that to some degree. You know, clearly media uh, consolidation and program. Uh, you know, uh, dilution shit like that. Like that. That factors in. There's obviously, but that comes reasons, from a reason. But it it, it, it comes from the market. Yes, it's a response. It still responds. So if you don't represent the shit that you like, new, old, but but you know, appealing to you as a an adult, you're not going to get that shit. You're not going to get it in the places where other people are getting their shit. You're yeah. just not going to get you, and you can't expect it. No, you know, and and it sucks that it's an uphill battle, but it is. You know, that's that's if. If you're the part, if you didn't fucking listen to the radio, then that's why the radio isn't going to reflect you. I mean, the Nielsen shit already sucks. Like those rate and like all those like rating systems, mm-hmm. they're already shitty. But you still can make a difference by listening and showing up basically to the party. Yeah. My biggest problem with projecting your insecurities on the younger generation of artists is reflected in the idea of the radio freestyle. And this is something that we did on our show that, you know, when artists would not want to do it, I, like, that's fine. Because I would rather an artist want to do it, do it really well. Peter didn't like that. No, but I, I feel like if an artist wants to freestyle and they're down to do a good freestyle, it's great entertaining content. 
when an artist can't freestyle or doesn't want to freestyle, forcing them to do it or is only going I mean, to for, generate we, a really awkward. Yeah, but that does that. We're not just, even getting into the. Dy- you just mean talk, a radio. You just mean a radio performance. Yes, basically. I don't. When they don't want to. They when they don't want to rap on the air. Right. To entertain or to showcase their skills or whatever. Essentially, if we want to get this technical, basically what it is is they can't adapt the flow of their verse to another beat. That's essentially what they're saying when they they don't want to do it. Yeah. Dead on. We're not even talking about freestyle freestyle. There are people who do freestyle live on air, like off the top of the dome, and that's phenomenal. And I want those guys to do it because it's great gripping content, but at the same time, it's entertaining to listen to. But at the same time... That shit bores me out of my skull. When somebody raps off the top? And I, does a really good job. And does a really good job of it. Uh, kind of every. No, I mean if they're rapping, well, great. But I kind of yeah, then it's gone. I mean, like you know what's funny? The doing greatest it radio just freestyles. Do it, doing it just to do it is bad. Almost all the greatest radio freestyles were written. Probably. <laughs> you know, like think about that. Like uh, um, stretch of Bob shit. This some of the best shit was world versus. Yeah. yeah. I, at the same time, I, I'm not arguing about off the top versus. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm derailing scripted. you. I'm sorry. Essentially, what I'm saying is that if Lil Yachty or Lil Uzi Vert, one of my favorite rappers right now. Jesus Christ. If if they don't want to rap on your show. Yeah. Forcing them to rap on your show sounds like a terrible idea because if you're the radio guy, your job is to make everything entertaining and essentially all you're doing is creating this hostile environment (sighs) i mean we're in a different era now it's funny because there was a time where rapping on the radio or seemed like it was kind of getting played out but now that we're in this for a couple years now in a renaissance of in-studio performances in the in the you know harold p jerk off space you know and public radio like you know like these like high quality um you know, experiences that are unique to that to that setting. You know, it's a good opportunity now to to you know, and content is king. Just but like, it's good to have shit out there and in between music. And if people can't make it to your shows, give them a taste. I, I, cut, I, cut the coke open, let them lick it. At the end of the day. This summer, one of my favorite songs was the Vic Mensa freestyle that he did on the Los Angeles Sleekers show. Yeah. It was over uh, Schoolboy Q's That Part. He mm-hmm. killed it. I don't know if you've heard yes. it. He killed it. It was crazy. He d- bodied that. And I want to hear it if you have it in you to do it. But I don't want to hear Lil Uzi Vert rap on DJ Premier Beats. Like, it's not interesting to what me. What if he that's killed not, it? If he, he probably is not going to kill it because that's can. not why I listen to Lil Uzi Vert. Well, you know, who knows what people can do. Tell me what you want is what I want to hear from him. But what if he does something dope with it? You know, you know it's just, that's the thing. I feel bad that the artist, it, it's, and I'm not, I'm not saying this disdainfully, but it'd be really dope if instead of thinking, oh, well, either I do my shit over my type of shit or I can't do anything with this other style of beat because you can only rap one way over this or you have to rap on it instead of sing, you know, like why not do you over that? It's possible. You can do, there's so many possibilities of music that you don't really have too much of an excuse to, to fold your arms and, and say, I'm not even going to take a crack at this. Even if it was just fun. Like people what if like he just wasn't fun. inspired by it? I, you're an entertainer. Yeah, it's, and it's you not can... his. It's not his. It's he's not just sitting at home. People are listening to him. People are giving the time of day. You know the the station is giving him the platform. He's I not obligated. Just, not obligated, but it's 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 
decent and smart strategically to show people that you're capable of something that they wouldn't have expected. Remember that T-Pain Tiny Desk concert? Yeah. That shit fucking blew people's minds. If you actually knew T-Pain at all and didn't just hear, like, buy you a drink and, you know, you know he could sing. You Mm -hmm. just didn't hear him do it. Yeah. uh, Unaltered. And... But it still was this great, like that. I'm sure they fucking so happy with what that shit did. Yeah, um, that shit lived forever. Yeah, the Tiny Desk concert for T Pain was a big moment, and yeah. you're right. Doing the unexpected is is like strategic, like the designer Timmy Turner freestyle, the double XL freshman. Fuck was that? And then it turned into this phenomenon. Yeah, and I, you know, my mom says it all the time. You know. Your mom listens to the Timmy Turner freestyle. She loves no, she has no idea. I mean, she's a she's she's my mom's real thorough, but she doesn't know a designer or Timmy Turner. But regardless, I, I feel you. That's true. You can go in and do, but if you don't do it, people shouldn't have the expectation of like, oh, you didn't do it. You're whack. You know, I don't. I don't think well, that's yeah, no one's true. saying. No one's saying. Oh, people it. were definitely oh, doing it. God. People were going at Lil Uzi Vert's neck for not knowing gangstar instrumentals. Well, it's it's not and not wanting to rap on all them. All right, all right, but that I'm not my crit. You know what? You're Hillary Clintoning me right now. You're taking their criticisms and transposing it to me, Darmic, and that's unfair. Fine, I'm not the I'm not the hip hop alt right. No, uh, I, you know, my my take on it is different. I'm not just like bitterly hating. Like you'll respect the classics and the culture and and authentic real hip-hop in all nine elements <laughs> um you talk to me later if you want to know the other the other five um but you know I'm, I'm not coming from that perspective i'm coming from it like the perspective of just adding more to music in general just enriching this shit isn't that why we're here i know that's not why a lot of people are here but it it's a good thing and it, it it has the often if you're already established and you have the platform if you do something that people like it gives you a little more life in that platform just take advantage of it it's actually kind of a it's just a way strategically it is a waste for you to say i can't do that or i don't i don't think i could do it i get it if you're thinking like i'm not going to kill it so yeah. i can't do it cool that's use that though as a learning experience if you do come you hit a wall like that and think all right if this ever happens again i got this up my sleeve and i'll fucking blow their minds because they they didn't see it coming they would have thought like they they think it's a even even better if you already like created this sort of controversy or backlash you know come back next time someone's like oh we got a gotcha moment like you couldn't you couldn't kill it over dj premiere guess what we're just gonna play nothing but the beat miners and then like he just murders it with something that's not clear it's like not gonna it's not like a rap like you know uh shot or something like that but he could do something great you know yeah do that like i don't know like and i i i fuck it maybe because i'm fucking withered and hungry i see everything as an opportunity but like no strategically that makes a lot of sense at the same time less is more and if he was to just go and do it and fail i it would suck 
And, you know, like, what's the point of going out there, doing it, trying it, giving it the college try, failing, and then everybody just hears a really terrible performance? It is. Re- it does reveal something, though, that it used to be that, like, let's say our generation, I'll, I'll, I'll link us together. Um, I think the expectation was even if you were years removed from proceeding classic hip hop, you still would like do the knowledge and and know it, and certain things would still be pretty like recognizable to you, or at least just sort of like the the you would you would know that style or feel or like you know sound, and and it it wouldn't be so uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't feel like uh, foreign. You know now, I think that expectation can't be maintained. We can't assume clearly that someone who is in their teens is going to know the shit from ten years ago, even necessarily. Mm-hmm. Why would we? You know, they were fucking watching fucking Handy Manny. I mean, Soldier Boys crank that is ten years old. Yeah, Happy Birthday. No, it's not. It's two thousand seven, I think. Right? Mm, oh six. Oh six. Oh six. You are actually the Soldier Boy fellow uh, at the NYU uh, Soldier Boy <laughs> School. School. <laughs> it's, it's, it's split off from Tish. Uh, I, you know, not uh, you know what that's. You know, it, it, that's a good actually, example. Actually, no, you were right. May two thousand seven. Wow, you're so right. wow. Now I'm the Soldier Boy scholar. Jesus, I lose that's my. Right. I lost Frank my Soldier Boy credit. Soldier Boy, tell him. I am MySpace. That's how I know that. It's it's really, you know, I, I that that's it, it, that illustrates it. If if someone is a teenage phenomenon now in the rap game, they were brought up on a post Soldier Boy hip hop world, and maybe their parents knew other shit older than that, but their parents might not like rap. Maybe yeah. they did. I mean, they're not, you know a teenager's parents. Now could be rap listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot Going of them are. Kids, yeah, and there's nothing for them on the radio, which is a shame. Uh, but their kids, some of whom may go into into rap, they don't. Wh- what do you fucking expect? They got and they have to be kids. Like there's so much extra shit that kids have to do now. We're, we're, we're gonna, gonna make in... the fucking rap scholars in addition to that. That's fucking too much shit to do. I mean, we're gonna hit a time very soon where kids are gonna have grown up on. Like Jay Z and Kanye as their yeah. equivalent of Marvin Gaye and Donny Hathaway is like what their parents were listening to. Yep. And that's going to be. Well, that's Biggie and Tupac. That's what should be Biggie and Tupac. That's what I would assume Biggie but and Tupac would be for Lil Yachty. I think have... Yachty is still too young, maybe, or too, or too old, I mean. But also because we still see Marvin Gaye as Marvin Gaye because we have a, a retrospect that extends further back and it, it feels much more vivid. I actually don't see Marvin Gaye as Marvin Gaye because I grew up in an immigrant household and my parents don't know who Marvin Gaye is. So I didn't grow up with my parents listening to Donny Hathaway or Marvin Gaye and all that stuff. So that's interesting that you brought that up because that's not true for me. Also, true. Um, a little younger, but it's not even amazing. My parents just didn't grow up listening to like soul okay. music. My mom grew up in the south side of Chicago, so it is probably... That is, yes, that is a, a, a different uh, experience. But no, but what I was saying is that his parents, prob- I mean, I feel like his age, people in his age group, their parents were listening to Biggie and Tupac yeah. when they were like two or three. His yeah. He just might be an example where his parents were not. Or, yeah. you know, I don't know. But I think people who's, because I think, that, and we talked about this a while ago, I think, but like you 
are attached to music that your parents uh, raised you in when you were two or three, and then you become too attached to the first genre of music that you start listening to on yourself when you start rebelling from your parents. And I feel like his age, his era, is that Biggie, Pac, NWA, um, Wu-Tang era, but, you know, maybe we're still two or three years away from that. Where's he from? He's from Atlanta. That's another thing. There could be a regional factor to it. Yeah, maybe. And back then it was more regional. So maybe Outcast or, yeah. or you know, the, the group before yeah. Outcast or whatever. Maybe you just fucking just, they didn't, they didn't catch him and fuck it. Who gives a shit at the end of the day? It's yeah. not fair to, to, you know, if you want to dislike the music, dislike the music. That's fine. But like, holy fuck. He's a, he's a child. How old is he? He's 19, I think. He's still a child. Yeah. No, it's not to, you know, diminish him in, as a as an adult in the eyes of the law and everything, but he's an adolescent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still an adolescent. Ease the fuck off. I feel that. Let him grow up I'm and sure. let him when he when he when everything's coalesced and cooled, maybe he'll take some time to listen to all that good shit. Great. Otherwise, don't alienate him and kids who listen to him by being fucking bitter old head. It's like not helpful. And it's really not helpful to to the, to like the music that that we like, you know, as older folk, quote unquote, older folks in hip hop. It's very detrimental. It makes you makes us look kind of like irrelevant, rather than pillars of history and and like tradition. It's it's fucking shit. It's like fuck. Basically, Rico Dynamite, fucking bragging about the high school football game. <laughs> You know, and think yeah. about, you know that's what that is. Yeah, one hundred percent. Don't don't be the the quarterback. You know, in the high school parking lot after you graduated in homecoming. Yeah, fucking weird. Evolve. Make your own shit. Yeah, evolve. Fucking use that. Use... Be be De La Soul. Evolve. Yeah, Bro, oh, put out yeah. a new album. No excuse when De La can do all that shit that they did on their own terms. Yeah, with you know in a very artful way, and it's a you know a very bold record. And has very like many layers to it, and people of multiple generations are fucking with it. Don't just fucking sit on Facebook bitter about fucking how the kids don't like the shit you like. Mm-hmm. It's dumb. Agreed, man. Super Agreed. dumb. That is my man Soulcon just trying to stay relevant out here in these streets. I don't even have to try. It's gonna work. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm kidding. I, I joke. <laughs> I joke. And this I is Darmic X. In the middle ground between being a youngin and being an, an adult. Yes. An oldkin. That's what you call the quarter-life crisis in hip-hop. Oof. Okay. I don't know. I'm making stuff up as we go. Yeah. And you have been listening to the Half Man. Half Amazing. Podcast. Half Man, Half Amazing. Half Amazing. Half Amazing. Half Amazing. Half Amazing.